Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Patrick Honeywell, and this is Believe in Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Today we feature the godfather of Spanish cuisine, the king of tapas, and the UK Spanish food ambassador, Spanish chef Omar Alaboy. We've got a lot to cover in less than 30 minutes, so let's get started. All right, Omar, thanks for coming back on the show. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me back. Hey, let's catch up a bit. Uh, you are super busy, but I want to ask you in the UK and for you, uh, for your establishments and everything, how hard has the third lockdown been? And, and are, what's going on over there? Well, we are still in lockdown, which is mm. uh, a, a bit of uh, uncomprehensible because, I mean, we, we've been in lockdown more than any other country in the world. And this last one started from the 15th of December. So my restaurants have been closed since then. Oh, my God. And which has been very painful for the whole industry. But not just the, this is not just about the restaurants. This is about us as individuals. We've been in lockdown at home, only being able to come out from your home either to exercise for one hour a day or to the supermarket or the pharmacy. So no other shops or uh, arts museums, whatever you, you, you can think of outside of supermarkets and pharmacies, it's open. So mm. the, the streets are like ghost towns. Nobody can come out. You cannot um, mix with another household. So, so nobody can come to your house or you can go to any other body, body, any, anyone else's house or even meet at the park. Gosh. And that is going to change on the 12th of April. But mm. hey, that's five months we've been in lockdown. So that's pretty incredible. Having said that, having said that, I think because of the training of the second and first lockdown, <laughs> I think it has felt a lot easier. Mm -hmm. You know, I, we are all ha animals of habit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's what humans are. And at the end, you just get used to. Unfortunately, those habits need to be that tough now. And we need to start coming out. And I was just reading there was only one death yesterday in London. You know, it's an 11 million people city. Gosh. So so numbers are incredibly low. I just cannot understand why they are not releasing us and let us carry on with life by now. Mm. Now, how about in Spain, your home country? I know you're in the UK, of course, but are they handling it differently than the UK now? Yeah, very differently. And I have to say that in a way, we were really lucky to have traveled to Spain, me and my family, and the kids uh, for, for just before Christmas. And uh, we kind of knew lockdown was coming. So we thought, let's just escape before it does. And uh, so that we can have a little bit more freedom in there. And at the end, we ended up spending two months in Spain. We came back on the 27th of January. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so we, we, we had a, a decent time in there because lockdown was well restaurants in some of the regions remain open all day there's a curfew of 10 or 11 p.m depending on on which month or week you cut them up because uh 
you know, depending on the lo- levels of COVID. And, um, but, but in my home city, which is Madrid, the capital, you know, they've been very uh, open and they left all the businesses to remain open. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that they've been able to manage and lower the cases just like any other regions which were in full lockdown, for example. So they did really well. And it's all rather confusing because you think, how is it possible that being free has lowered the cases at the same rate as being in lockdown in other regions? Oh, I know. It's, so, it's so hard to, to, to think what's right, what's wrong. But um, I mean, we are all tired of this. I am now vaccinated myself. Great. Uh, luckily, which uh, mm-hmm. is a privilege. Uh, I mean, I'm asthmatic, so that's why I got vaccinated probably a couple of months before my turn came. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I think we are all ready to rumble again. That's what matters. You still rumble during the lockdown because you know you've got so many things going on. I, I can't imagine you keeping up this pace when all of your restaurants are open with uh, where you share your ideas and your recipes with people in so many ways. I love the YouTube channel. And I, I'd like to talk about that. Uh, the Spanish chef, when people go on, um, you have a, a quite a few recipes you share and also um, a budget meal section. That is so amazing that you put that together. What drove you to, to start this YouTube channel? Well, the lockdown. It was something go. that... Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the things that I had in my mind that I always wanted to do and never found the time to do them. You know, some people has gone into learning other languages, finding new hobbies, and I wanted to keep active and keep building on the work that I do uh, and just working on my career. And I thought YouTube is somewhere where you leave quality content and remains there for history, Mm. as opposed to probably Instagram or other social media that is more immediate. You know, YouTube is about the quality content people wants to look for in a particular moment uh, while while on Instagram, you just watch whatever Instagram feeds you. I wanted to just leave a, a Bible of Spanish recipes behind. And, and that's how I've been using most of my time during lockdown. I mean, I counted and I posted 72 recipes in the last nine months. Gosh. Which is great. I've Try to post two recipes a week, and that has kept me kept me motivated, kept me going. As uh, obviously, it's always a source of inspiration as well, because plenty of home recipes, home style recipes that never thought that could go into the restaurant. You know, you remaster them and and you revisit them, and and, and I, I'm putting some of them back into the menus when we reopen on the 12th of April. And, um, and so, so it's been a really nice thing to do, I have to say. And um, it has, because even when we get invited as chefs to the TV, now a lot of that has happened from home. So the TV productions and, and the cameraman has come to people's homes. Hmm. Like in my case, as opposed to you going to the studio, they would come to your home. So I was kind of ready. I made my kitchen look like a little studio. I love your kitchen YouTube channel. Awesome. And there you go, you have it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's so it's so amazing too. Um, it really kind of uh, I think wakes everybody up to Spanish food. You give a really a cool little taste of uh, Spain. 
everything is uh, the way you have it set up and maybe edited. It's so clear, concise, and not, it's not like an hour presentation of each you know recipe. It's shorter and really easy to to follow. I did. I think I mentioned you. I did the Spanish street food roast chicken. Then I did another oh, nice. variation. That's awesome. Oh my gosh! And then but on a teacup. <laughs> on a teacup, and that's so cool to stand up. We looked at it, and, and everybody. Go, I mean, the family said, "What the heck? This chicken standing straight up, you know? And how do they do that?" I got Omar. You know, come on. <laughs> but so, um, yeah, it's amazing technique. Um, and you know, things like Spanish paella. Most people probably wouldn't think about learning how to do it. You know, from a Spanish chef. You know, a seafood paella, ultimate Spanish omelet, which is how I found you uh, mm -hmm. on the YouTube originally. Uh, yeah. Seeing that wonderful omelet. Uh, chorizo, potato stew, and potato stew, prawns, garlic. It just goes on and on. Correct. And, and, and one of the things, you know, there's plenty of recipes out there. For every of the recipes I do, you would find probably hundreds. But, um, you know, I've dedicated my entire life to food. You know, I'm not a YouTuber. I am not somebody that just decided to do, I, 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 to do this right now. Mm -hmm. I've cooked my entire life. I'm 37 and I've been cooking since I was four. So I really wanted sort of for a Spanish gastronomy to make sure that the right recipes, which I know because I've tried and tested them, cooked them with top Michelin star chefs and so on, to make sure that that content was out there. For whoever mm -hmm. wants a trusted recipe, that's where you can find it at the Spanish chef. And it gives a great, uh, I think, a, a look, kind of a door into your books because, you know, Tapas Revolution, Spanish Made Simple, uh, you have the most amazing cookbooks. And I think, was it Tapas Revolution that was the number one ranked Spanish cookbook in the world? Correct. That is the wow. one. That was my original, my first cookbook, and it remains the most sold as well, the Spanish wow. cookery book in the world. And some of the recipes on the channel are from the book. There's so many classics in there that I thought I, I would put some of them. And, um, and, and as well, during this lockdown, you know, as many of the other things, and, and, and this is really funny, but uh, I've been writing uh, my third book, mm. which is, I'm not sure how it will be called, but probably it'll be called Pages Made Simple. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I've been working on it, and I went on a trip to the region of Valencia in the East Coast, where my wife comes from. And that's where paellas come from and, and, and the traditional rice dishes come from in Spain. And I went there to work uh, with some of the most talented paella chefs in the country and learn. And literally that happened just as Spain was going into lockdown, which was about seven days before the UK went into lockdown. So I made that trip in March last year, about this time, actually, a year ago. And that was the very last trip we all did in, that, in, in terms of work and things like that. That was the end. You know, it's, you know, I had a quick question on, on paella. Um, so when you do paella, is it because you've done so many and so many varieties, et cetera, is it something that you, you nail it down, you get it right every single time, or is it a little tricky? You know? No, it's very tricky. It's very tricky. Yeah, and I uh, so. the principle of making the paella, it's simple, but 
every burner, every size of paella pan, the amount of liquid, liquid that you add to it and the rice that you use will vary the recipe a lot, believe it or not. Makes sense. That's why there is not a perfect recipe for everyone. The only perfect recipe, you can develop it yourself with your tools in your kitchen with a particular brand of rice that you can get hold of. Mm. And I can only give you guidance. And that is a bit of the beauty, you see, of, uh, of rice and paellas. Mm. In the same way, Patrick, as flour. Yeah, different you know, absorption, you know, of the water and... Correct. Different temperatures, different environments, humidity will change your dough from my dough, even if we just do it identically to the gram. Mm. And, and, the, and with paellas is the same. You know, it, it, it has that level of, uh, of variance that only you can master in your own home. And, and all I can give you is guidance about how to do it and their techniques and when to add the ingredients and so on. But some people will use 1.5 liters of water for 500 grams of rice and others will use two liters of water. So it's, a, it's not a small variance. It's, it can be quite dramatic as well. Well, you mentioned uh, to, I think, a stove or, you know, the file, wherever you're cooking it, you know, the heat, the element, it also mm. affects it. So were you, now tell me, be, be honest now, were you a little bit, nervous with the pressure you're on it i remember you're on a tv show and antonio banderas was, was was also a guest and you were making paella for the for the cast and for and for antonio banderas were you thinking oh my gosh i hope the heat coming out of this thing i hope it's what i'm familiar with or did you feel any oh, pressure b- believe it or not i it was a lot of pressure because mm. i was cooking in the middle of the studio and they wanted me to cook because he was launching and Tony Van Ness was launching uh, uh, Pussycat, uh, Pussycat Do, uh, yeah. the, the, I don't, the Disney movie, I think mm-hmm. it's Disney. Um, he was the voice, the voice of the cat. <laughs> and, um, and, and they wanted me to cook a huge paella. So I bought a professional triple ring burner. And as I was doing <laughs> it, the whole studio was starting to get full of smoke. And they told me, you need to cook it at a lower temperature. And I was saying, if I do that, then the paella won't be ready. You know, you want it to have it in an hour and a half. It'll be physically impossible. There is nothing I can do. So, uh, so we worked really hard to get that one right. But anyway, we got it just on time. Actually, when Antonio came and we, when the presenter, Chris Evans, came to try it, Literally, the paella was still sizzling. Ooh. You know, so it, it, it could have gone a bit wrong, but it didn't at that time. But uh-huh. it was really, Antonio was very complimentary at the end because even the presenter, Chris Evans, said, Antonio, I don't know what once off camera, you know, at the end, he said, I don't know what you're doing tonight, but can I invite you for dinner? And Antonio said, with a paella this good, I'm only going with a takeaway container to my hotel room. <laughs> and he asked me to please um, uh, put a portion aside for him. And, he, and there you go. He went on and took it to his hotel and had it there by himself. <laughs> so, 
So let's let's uh, talk a bit more about a few things you've got going. So we 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 spoke a bit about uh, your amazing food channel, the Spanish Chef on YouTube. Yeah. But I think you're launching a retail brand coming up. But what's going on with that? So so I launch so on the back of building this website called thespanishchef.com, where I post all the recipes with all the ingredients. I thought that the last thing that I needed to round it up was to facilitate the viewers and whoever mainly unfortunately live in mainland UK uh, as we cannot export from here those products um, so that they could just buy the ingredients that they see in the recipes because obviously in the supermarkets the range of Spanish products is very limited you know still the Spanish cuisine is quite niche so I wanted to make sure there was that the availability through the country. And for, um, you know, for any orders about 50 pounds, you get free delivery. And if it's any less, it's only four pounds 95 for the delivery. Obviously, we can't compete with Amazon, but Amazon prices can't compete with me. <laughs> ah, good way to look which at it. Is, uh, which, is, uh, <laughs> which is the key thing as well. Nice. And, you know, we have plenty of um, my favorite ingredients, the ones I use in the restaurants that it's not possible to find in supermarket yet. Mm. And, uh, and that's what's about. You can cook the recipes. And if you look below it on the website, you'll see there is the ingredients that I use for the recipe are there and you can buy them right there. That's such a great uh, thing to have because sometimes I think when people uh, want to re reproduce a recipe and they're looking at a recipe and they go, oh my gosh, where do I find that? And they start hunting around, you know, and then they find that the next thing you know, they're looking on the internet and they put substitute for this, you know, because they can't find it. So you give a great resource, I think, for them to, to make it more authentic and make it the way you would make it, which is the only way to make it. Correct. Correct. Mm. And these, you know, are all, again, trusted uh, ingredients from trusted producers and artisans that I've known for at, at least a decade and that I use in my restaurant. So you know, you can have that sort of trusted uh, experience that what you're buying is the real deal, which is what matters as well when using cooking ethnic cuisines or eating ingredients from other countries. Nice. So do you, I mean, if, if I were to think I, I want to start cooking more Spanish food at home, are there like, say, maybe three ingredients that are critical to Spanish cuisine that they might not be able to find or we might not be able to find in a local market? So at least we have you as a resource for that. Yeah. Okay. So I would say, look, thinking through it now that you put me on the spot, I think probably the basics, the basics. So, so touching up on what you didn't ask me. So the basic, the three basic would probably be extra virgin olive oil. It would be sweet smoked paprika, which I think everyone you can get in every supermarket these days. And, uh, Another one that may not sound, uh, you know, particularly Spanish, but uh, it's bread. You know, for us, bread in Spain is our staple food. Mm -hmm. It's not rice, it's not potatoes, you know, depending on, on uh, what's the staple food in America. Would it be rice or would it be? It would be probably really more what? towards potatoes, but there's such a mix here. Potatoes. Rice and potatoes is kind of a staple. You have a starch. Yeah. So in Spain, it will be bread. And we like making foods that you can soak up the bread. So the three that, that you cannot get hold 
everywhere, probably will be Spanish ham, Spanish chorizo, and good manchego cheese. And having been in, in the States a number of times, I, I was always surprised to find that you can find chorizo, but it's made in America. And I bought it on, a, on an occasion, and it just tastes completely different to the point that if you give it to anyone in Spain blindfolded, mm-hmm. he would never say that is chorizo. So that, that is the difference. So I hope one day we can, we, we can get there and bring you some really good stuff as well. So where do, okay, so if somebody's in the States and they're, and they're um, go onto the internet and they see, you know, you as a resource for some of this, they, we probably can't get some of that here, huh? Probably not shipping out here? No, no, yet. absolutely not. There is a very small range of Spanish ingredients in the supermarkets in, in the States, I have mm-hmm. to say. And it surprised me because... You know, there, there is a, you know, you have Jose Andres, which is a big name in there and so on. But it, it still tells you Spanish cuisine is still a niche cuisine. Having said that, Americans go on holidays to Spain a lot. It's a big, it's a, you know, you, you, you love Spain and you go there. And there was this television show about Gwyneth Paltrow and Mario Batali going through Spain and so on. And I think it was of a, of a great success. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that is improving and um, you guys are going more and more to Spain. So hopefully, hopefully a wider range of products can, uh, you, you will be able to find in the supermarket soon. So when you think of Spain visiting, I've only been to Barcelona when visited some of my wife's friends. Um, yeah. And I know that I, I want to visit one day Seville and, and uh, Granada because I love the flamenco. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's big there. But let's say that uh, somebody wanted to visit Spain and, and you said you have to visit this area or region. Maybe it's Valencia because of the food. You say you want to find great food in Spain. It's everywhere. But name yeah. a couple of locales that you would recommend. I would. I, you know, the, the capital of tapas is Madrid. Okay. Where I come from. And the good thing of Madrid, like any capital, is that you will find the influence from every other region. Mm. So you see, in, in, in Spain, we are still very Spanish. <laughs> and <laughs> um, there is very small amount of Chinese food or Indian food or Italian food. That's just not something you see. You see Catalonian food, Galician food, Valencian food, you know, you, that, those are our ethnic restaurants are from the regions of Spain, believe it or not. And, uh, and, and Madrid, obviously, as being the capital, is a great place for that. But I have to say my two favorite places for food, or my three, would be the Basque Country, where they hold the most Michelin stars in, in a region in the world. Yeah, then oh. Catalonia, mm. and the food is really different because remember there is only two hundred kilometers distance from one place to another. Mm-hmm. It takes two hours to drive, but one is the North Atlant- the, the Atlantic Sea, and the other is the Mediterranean. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, the weather, the the the, the climate, the, the 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 soil, absolutely everything that you see around you is completely different. And, and as a result, the cuisine as well. 
So that is super rich and varied and it's beautiful. And then farther down, you go to Valencia and you'll have the paellas that, as you know, I'm so passionate about. So that's really my favorite food in the world, just paella. So, so that you'll have a bonanza in there of, of the most different and varied recipes, which is what, what makes paella so special. Let's say some, that somebody was having a Spanish um, theme party here. We do that sometimes, you know, with different uh, countries and everybody brings a dish that they yeah. want to share. And if somebody said, oh my gosh, I'm going to look to see what Omar's got, Chef Omar in um, say YouTube, what would you recommend if it was just going to be one dish to really represent you and, and Spain uh, that they might bring to a party and it, I mean, it could be anything. It could be an appetizer. It could be... Exactly. Uh, and I think the beauty of what you just described is, is tapas. That's what it's about. Fantastic Spanish dishes made for sharing. Mm -hmm. And it could be meatballs in tomato sauce. It could be chorizo cooked in cider. It can be garlicky mm. prawns. You know, and I think it's not about one dish. It's the collection of all that makes a great tapas feast with friends and family. So, so I think that's, that's, that's how I would approach it. You know, each brings a tapa, whatever that is. Oh, nice. That's yeah. a great theme, tapas theme. And then maybe one person does a paella. Correct. The host, that will host. have to be the host. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Okay, maybe. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, because you have such a great uh, amount of recipes on my channel that I, I put it as simply as I can. And I think anyone who watches the video, I think they will feel that they can do it without a problem. It's so nice. It's such a great uh, tool with your book in hand in hand, you know, your, your books, because you go, you look at a recipe and you go, oh, okay, and you're trying to follow, but they can jump to your, to your uh, YouTube channel too and see what you're doing, timing, technique, your explanations are super clear and they're mm -hmm. not intimidating. You know, you do it in a way that's very, it's very, makes me very comfortable watching and, you know, following. So it's, it's pretty the, cool. That's the intention. I think like anything in life, it takes it takes somebody to teach you something for you to learn it. Mm. And that's that's what I've been trying so hard. Mm. So what is next for you? I know it's a kind of a crazy question. You're, you can't wait or you're hoping that they, you know, the lockdown ends before they say it's going to end just to jump back into the restaurants. And that'll be a lot of work, I, I can imagine. But do you? Yep. Man, do you have any room in your life for anything else? You got so many things going on. No, I, I I do because luckily, you know, the restaurants we've been established for eleven years now, and we have the most amazing executive and management team in place. Mm. So um, the reality is that after all these years, I ended up doing what I like most, which is developing food and just talking about quality and inspiring the teams. But uh, we do have every 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 element of the restaurant business. We have it covered, luckily, because as I said, we are a very solid brand that we've been we've been established for a long time. So um, so that allows me to free up my time as well to promote the restaurants because that's what I do as well. You know, being on TV, writing books, and all of the things that do feed and help the restaurants. The more popular I become, the more uh, the more likely people is to go to my restaurants mm -hmm. and that is a really important part you know selling like any product in life you know if you're an entrepreneur and you're 
selling uh, a new body lotion that you've created, selling it is, is number one priority. And, and that's what I like to focus on as well. Perfect. Well, Chef Omar, thank you for coming back and giving us some more information and kind of a kind of a look into your life and, and your wonderful food. So I'm really happy you came today. Thank you so much. Thanks to you, Patrick. For all of you listening out there, Chef Special is part of the B-Leave Podcast Network. Check it out at bleave.com and follow me on Instagram at Patrick Honeywell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.